This episode is brought to you in part by the Major Spoilers VIP members around the world. We thank them for their support of Major Spoilers and the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. If you'd like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com and sign up today. Thank you in advance. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and we will go into detail about the topics we discuss. So if you haven't read, listened to, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, Comic-Con confabs, questions, queries, quandaries, and quagmires, plus a huge array of things about which we speak. Red skies, burning seas, dogs and cats, living together. If this week's pop culture madness were a Twinkie, it would be a Twinkie some 40 feet long, weighing approximately 600 pounds, and lasting the exact duration of this podcast, the Major Spoilers Podcast, my friends, and it sleeps four feet above its covers, and it's on the air. Welcome to issue 583 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing this episode with a friend. And hey, for those of you out buying some Dungeons and Dragons stuff or looking to buy some new trade paperbacks, or if you're just looking to buy some new video games, thank you for using that Amazon.com link over at Majorspoilers.com. Let's stick it to Amazon. You know, every time you use that link over at Amazon, <laughs> uh, the, the link at Major Spoilers to go over to Amazon.com and you make a purchase, Amazon has to give us money. Wow. They have to. Of course to. Yes. It's the so, law. Help us keep doing what we do by using that link over at Majorspoilers.com, Amazon.com. A lot of great stuff over there. Uh, welcome back, uh, Rodrigo. Thanks. There's Matthew over there. Howdy, hi, friends. Zach is not feeling well this week. And then next week is the week before his uh, wedding preparations. That's always yeah. a busy week. Mm-hmm. And he then, of course, he he's got his honeymoon. Up. So we are giving Zach about three weeks off. Wow. Just because. He's got a, yeah, the apparently is, uh, his, uh, fiance is also sick. So Uh-oh. they oh. need to get over that stuff before the wedding. Yeah, Cause good. the last thing you want to do is go out and get sick on your wedding day. Cause that really oh. makes the honeymoon suck. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, I was kind of sick on my wedding day, but it wasn't like sick, sick. It was kind of a, Oh my God kind of thing. So I, I don't I, know. I don't know if Zach sick, sick. He was out in the sun. A whole heck yeah, of a lot the, that's uh, what I'm wondering. And I wonder if he got some of that sun sickness that sometimes well, happens. Well, he got a really, I mean, he got a noticeable burn. He yeah, may yeah. actually be just, you know, burnt to the point that it's making him sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we will miss him. So programming note for the next couple of weeks, no Zach on film, but that's okay. We've got plenty of other podcasts to keep you company, um, including the want list. Um, well, yeah, we probably won't have the want list for a couple of weeks because he'll be on vacation. We've got Munchkin Land, a new one we played Smash Up last night. That was a whole heck of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the uh, Geek History Lesson, the Major Spoilers Podcast, Dueling Review, Top 5, Zach on Film, Critical Hit, The Want List, uh, as I mentioned before, Wayne's Comics Podcast, of course, Zach and Stephen Play on uh, on the YouTube channel, Major Spoilers Video, a whole bunch of stuff that we bring to you each and every week. Mm-hmm. We also talk about the news. The news. Do, 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 do. So uh, TV Guide is reporting that Lucy Lawless has been recruited by Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, wow. to appear in season two. Now, we don't know if it's an ongoing character. They do say that it's probably an ongoing, but we don't know who <laughs> the character is. Some people have said uh, 
Malone, I think, is the last name. I don't does know. That Malone. Sound like a, does that sound like a name that uh, comes from the world of Shield? Probably. Not- Mary Malone. Does that sound familiar? No. Oh, Mary Maloney. I'm sorry. Mm. No. I don't know her. You know what? You she's know got, who I hope it is. She got blonde hair. What if she's she, like the female Thor and they bring her into the uh, into the TV world right around the same time she lands in the comic books? Yeah. You know. You know who I hope she is. Who? La Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine. What? What if she's a Cylon? A no, Cylon. She's not. <laughs> that would be that, a cross. That would be very interesting <laughs> if it was a Cylon, seeing as how Cylons don't exist in the Marvel yeah, universe. Yeah. But. But the Contessa is Nick Fury's old school 60s girlfriend. You know, the mm. girl with the white stripe in her hair. Whenever uh. you see those Steranko pictures, you see the girl in the super tight cat suit with the gun holding her own against Fury. I'd love to see that. But uh, Nick Fury isn't the central character of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I'm not sure if they could pull that same thing off. With- no, and especially with the, you know, with the S.H.I.E.L.D. organization essentially disassembled. Well, uh, at the end of last season, spoiler alert for those of you that haven't seen the movie. So she or doesn't haven't. have a job anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be real interesting. And I, it's interesting. I know that there are a lot of fans of uh, Lucy Lawless, and especially from her Xena days and again in Battlestar Galactica. Um, so it would be very it's going to be very interesting to see who she plays. Uh, I believe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kicks off September 23rd, I want to say. Uh, at nine o'clock Eastern and Pacific. So go check that out. Gail Simone is going to be tacking, tacking on all the female characters over at Dynamite Entertainment, wrapping them up in a yeah. big crossover event. This is something I'm, Which I thought they just recently did a Vampirilla, um, Red Son- or a Vampirilla, is it Chaos crossover? And now it looks like the women of, women of Dynamite is going to take the three best selling heroines of Dynamite's line, including Red Sonia, Vampirilla, and Deja Thoras, and then, uh, Telling some uh, big uh, tale with uh, with those three and more, according to the press release. Gail's Red Sonia book has been pretty good. I'm actually a little excited about this because I haven't really been able to wrap my mind around Deja Torres and the Vampirella series is kind of up and down. But Red Sonia has been really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts, Rodrigo? I'm always leery about big non like big crossovers that really strain the characters thematically that is the only that is the only weird thing you know that not too long ago maybe two years ago they had spider-man and red sonia had a crossover mm-hmm. event which was a little odd yeah um but you know i in in gale we trust right i, I guess she does a pretty good job well, i would say 90 percent of the time she does and a, red sonia met a good in job. the 70s too so. yeah and the thing about it is you if if you look at it technically um, I'm not sure about Deja Torres because th- that takes place what in the 1800s or the 1900s. Well, it takes place on I Mars, was... right? So I don't know how old she is. Vampirella is essentially immortal, so really the only one who's going to have to do any heavy-duty time traveling is Red Sonia, unless they're somehow able to bring the other characters back to her Hyborian times. I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested to see it simply because. I'm a huge fan of the massive crossover cluster schmas, especially the ones that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Punisher versus Archie. Love Punisher versus Archie. You know, if if you can give me something like that that should be nonsensical and write a story that actually works and is fun, yeah, I, I'm on board for that. Speaking of cluster schmazes, they're going to turn Iron Man back into a dick. Yay! Yay! <laughs> you don't sound too excited about that. Yay. 
Um, what's fun about Superior Iron Man is we get to see Tony Stark in, diff- in a different mode. He's very much like he was before the Iron Man origin, before Tony became a superhero, a narcissistic, selfish profiteer. And Tom Taylor is having a blast with his personality. That's who's going to be writing the Superior Iron Man series that comes out in November from Marvel Comics. This was announced last week. Last week, they actually had a couple of announcements. The first, of course, was uh, Thor. Uh, there's a yeah, female Thor. Yeah. Uh, who can carry it. Then right. they came out with this introducing superior Iron Man and basically saying, yeah, remember how he was just this self-absorbed kind of uh, dick? Yeah, we're going to make him uh, that way again. And then the other announcement that they had um, has to do with um, Captain America, mm-hmm. which came out, I think, right, right after we, we recorded the podcast yeah. last week. Like the morning after, yeah. Yeah, they'd been teasing. They'd been teasing who was going to be the new Captain America, and they revealed that Sam Wilson, the Falcon, will assume the role of Captain America in the series written by Rick Remender with art by Stuart Eminen. And what's interesting about this is uh, Sam Wilson's not giving up his Falcon identity in the in the publicity shot that they sent out, or the public not publicity shot. It's like he's walking down the red carpet. Yeah. Here's Sam Wilson. Uh, no, but uh, in the in the promo shot that they sent out, it's him wearing Captain America's uniform, holding the shield, and wearing the white mask with red goggles and the Falcon wings. Uh, still part of the Captain America costume. Falcon so, America. Yep. Um, so Falcon. I think this is kind of cool. Punch. I think this is kind of cool. Certainly after, certainly after the events of Captain America, the winter soldier, everyone realizes the Falcon is a really kind of a cool character. And, um, to see him step into the role of Captain America, I think is going to be interesting. Well, he's, I mean, he's been around since 19, I want to say 68. Sure. This is one of the things where you, you are looking at one of the founding characters in the Marvel universe I think if anybody can step up and, you know, something else that sets me off is people who are like, well, he's a second stringer. Okay. Bucky was Captain America. And he's, I mean, if the Falcon is a second stringer, Bucky's got to be like a third or fourth stringer. I don't know how stringers work because I don't play stringer games. I I was going to say my response to that would be, (laughs) no, he's a third stringer because Captain America is a second stringer. You think? (laughs) To some degree, yeah. I mean, until his movie came out in 2005, most people really didn't know much about Captain America the way they do about, say, a Batman or a Spider-Man. And I'm all for the way Marvel is doing their arcs lately. I'm all for an arc of Iron Man where this happens because generally at the end of the story, what do the artists do? The writers and artists put their toys back where they found them. So if you're mad that the Falcon is Captain America and you don't want to read this volume of Avengers or Captain America where this happens, don't have to. And you know that in a year or two, Marvel will go, OK, we've, we've run this. This has run its course. It's a good self-contained story. We'll trade paperback it. We'll move on to the next big event. So in a way, the thing that I've been con- complaining about since the 1990s is starting to work for me, at least the way Marvel's doing it. Well, but it's not just going to be self-contained within those books. Uh, this is actually going to spill well, over yeah. to the Avengers. And so we've got the lineup for the upcoming, um, what is it, New Avengers or Avengers Now series, Avengers Men, whatever they're going to call it. So we've got on the new upcoming Avengers team, we have Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier. We have Angela from the Image Universe. We have the female Thor, the re-dickified Iron Man. We've got Sam Wilson as Captain America. We have Inferno, Deathlock, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, and Medusa all rounding out that team. Interesting. 
Do you notice that's something that's interesting, interesting on this? No X-Men. Uh, yeah, actually. Well, the Scarlet Witch was an X-Men villain. Does that count? Nope. She is a... Uh, nope, she doesn't count because... Uh, she, she, she does have a longer canc- Avengers pedigree. Yes. True. Are they canceling Uncanny Avengers, which is the book that has most of the X-Men I in it? I thought that was Defenders. No, no, no. You're right. The Uncanny... No. Uncanny Avengers is the one that Havoc leads. I, you know, to be honest, I don't know what they're canceling. I do know that there have been rumors for a long time that, and we've seen this, that Marvel was tweaking around with the Fantastic Four comic series. We know that that's coming to an end. We know that there were no Days of Future Past action figures on the store shelves, and now we're seeing a reduction of a lot of the X Men. Let's kill off Wolverine. Let's kill off Professor X. Uh, let's uh, get rid right. of some other popular <laughs> mutant characters. And uh, there have been rumors that because, what is it, 20th Century Fox has the X-Men franchise, Mm -hmm. that they can't use mutants in any of their other Marvel movies, can't even use the word mutants. And so that's why that whole um, thing that they had going on a couple of months ago called Inhumanity, or Mm -hmm. what was it? Was it called Inhumanity or just Inhumans? It was. Inhumanity. So Inhumanity was supposed to create this, you don't know who is an inhuman very much the same way that you don't know who's a mutant, and so the Inhumans and, essentially are replacing the mutants in the Marvel and, Universe, and we get Inhumans uh, in our in our movie franchises. And the the Queen of the Inhumans is right there, front and center with the with the Avengers. Yeah. So, I I don't know if I hold a whole lot of of uh, it's all rumor and speculation, but I mean, if you if you connect yeah, that's the, my if you connect the dots, it does kind of paint a really odd. Uh, picture of Joe Casada, but you know that's you know the you, main, could re- you could rearrange the dots and it paints an odd picture of Rodrigo Lopez. So that's right. This is all my fault. <laughs> the main Avengers title had, to my knowledge, had three mutants in it: Cannonball, Sunspot, and Wolverine. And they are all well. Wolverine's of course dead, but Cannonball and Sunspot were appearing mostly in Avengers World, which I think is still an ongoing, at least as far as I know. And then there was the half mutant team in Uncanny Avengers, and I think the Mighty Avengers had um, one mutant, maybe Power Man. But I don't know if Power Man counts as a mutant mutant anymore. I don't think so. Well, let's look at the. Um, let me see if I can find you guys. Can here's, keep talking. Here's the here's the Marvel Comics for October 2014, and we'll go and see. Okay. We've got Uncanny Avengers is still there. This is part of the Axis tie-in. Havoc is in that. Uh, Magneto right. versus Red Skull, Avengers and X-Men Axis number one, Avengers and X-Men Axis number two, three, Axis Carnage, Axis Hobgoblin. Uh, let's see. All new X-Factor. Axis Hollywood. <laughs> All new X-Factor <laughs> is, is there. Death of Wolverine. Nightcrawler. Uh, mm-hmm. Death of Wolverine, Deadpool, and Captain America number one. Deathlock. Wait, Wait, Deathlock is not a – yeah. Uh, Bucky Barnes – I'm sorry – uh, Death of Wolverine, Deadpool, and Captain America number one. Did you know Wolverine is dead? I bet some people would love to get their hands on his DNA to clone him. Logan's old pals Deadpool and Steve Rogers are going to make sure that doesn't happen. Oh. 48 pages, parental yeah, advisory, like four ninety nine. Death, Death of Wolverine, colon... Deadpool and Captain America, yeah, yeah, yeah. number one. Yeah. Not the death of Wolverine, comma, Deadpool, <laughs> comma, and Deadpool, Captain comma. America. Yeah, Avengers World is Oxford still going comma. on. Okay. Uh, it That's says where the upri- your cannonball and your son's The uprising are. is over. Now the new order begins. Avengers World has become AIM World. Uh-oh. Um, oh, spoilers on some of these things, I guess. 
Edge of the Spider-Verse. That's going to be exciting with all the Spider-Men coming out. That's what we were talking about last Oh, week I used to love on, that. Uh, it was on Doom right Review. before uh, Guiding Light. There was Edge of Spider-Verse and then Guiding Light and then Search for Captain Tomorrow. Uh, there's a Hawkeye and Deadpool. There is an, there's an Inhuman number seven. Yeah. Uh, Hawkeye, Black Widow. Let's see. All New Invaders number 11. Any uh, X-Men on that? That's Human Torch, Submariner. Submariner, Winter Soldier, Captain America, I thought. Okay, Thunderbolts is still... I haven't been reading it. Uh, let's see, Thunderbolts, The Punisher versus The Thunderbolts, the final chapter, but I don't think that that is the... Oh, yeah, uh, this final issue of the series will reveal all, so anybody reading Thunderbolts. Secret Avengers is still going on. Okay. New Warriors is still Secret going Avengers. on. Secret Avengers. That's an X-Men thing, right? No. That's not who's well, in the Well, it has Warriors. mutants in it, but not X-Men. Oh, okay. Justice, the new Nova, Sun Girl, um, Scarlet Spider. It's actually, if it's anything, it's a more of a Spider-Man type book. Because uh, it's got the Scarlet Spider and guys in there. All new X-Men Ooh, number 33, guest starring Miles Morales. Speedball. Uncanny X-Men 27, yeah, Cyclops number 6, X-Force, Wolverine and the X-Men 10 and 11. That's going to be really uh, odd, considering that Wolverine starts dying off in uh, October. Yeah, it's going to take a year Wolverine. to die, though. X-Men number 20, yeah. Amazing X-Men Storm. So, yeah, you still got a lot of X-Men titles going on. But it's yeah. interesting that none of them appear to be in a main <laughs> Avengers title. It might I'm kind be of weird nowadays, This new Avengers lineup that we're looking at is very heavily skewed towards the movies. Oh, yeah. Because you've got Deathlock. Well, Deathlock's not a movie character, but you've got the Winter Soldier from the movie. You've got Angela, who, well, no, she's not in Guardians of the Galaxy, is she? I'm thinking of no, Gamora. No, no. Yeah. Well, Ant-Man yeah. getting his new movie, supposedly a Doctor Strange movie in the works. Yep. You got your big three, you got your Inhumans, and your Scarlet Witch is going to be an Age of Ultron. Yeah. It's interesting. Angela was briefly a Guardian of the Galaxy. I'm not hallucinating that, right? I think she appeared in it. I don't remember how she he, she stepped okay. her way into the Marvel Universe. I forgot. She, but I know that she's somehow related to... Uh, Ultron. Isn't she somehow related to uh, Thor? Uh, to Odin? Odin's like illegitimate children or something? I have no idea. Oh, I really do not know. Well, Matthew no, had I... mentioned the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Marvel is getting ready to expand their cinematic universe with five more films. Uh, late last week, I think it was Friday night, they actually came out with the release dates for five untitled X or five untitled Marvel movies and X-Men on the mind. Um, but if you think that we've got Dr. Strange has not been announced, we haven't heard anything about Avengers three, a, a release date of that and pretty much a, um, another Thor and Captain America movie. Well, Captain America may have already been announced with a date, but here are the dates, July 28th, uh, 2017, November 3rd, 2017, <laughs> July 6, 2018, November 2nd, 2018, and May 3rd, 2019. Um, Kevin so, Feige, how do I forget, keep forgetting Feige. how to say his name, Feige. I pronounce it on, just like Feige. Yeah, he went on record, uh, I think today, saying that their hope <laughs> is that every year they want to have one new character movie and one new sequel come out. So that would kind of fit in with expanding their, their cinematic universe. And, you know, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy premiere was last night in Hollywood or Monday night in uh, Hollywood. And every report I saw on Twitter from people who went to it said it was fantastic. Nice. So I cannot wait to see that August 1st. I well, think I'm take my the boy barometer to of 
Yeah, my barometer is, does Widget want to see it? She does, and she's actually waiting. Right now, she's on vacation. She says she will not go see this movie until she gets home so she can see it with me. So that's my barometer of, will this movie be good? Does Widget want to see it? Are you going to go see it, Rodrigo? Opening weekend, August 1st? Bad thing is that's uh, Zach's wedding weekend. Yeah, I think I'll probably go see it sometime close to when it opens. I might not be there opening day. Not excited about it? No. Uh, uh, no, this means that I am excited about oh, it. Okay. If I'm going to see it in the theater at all, this is about as excited as yeah, I get. He's excited. Yeah. Cool. Opening day is actually not a draw. It's actually a drawback for me. Oh, sure. So if it's a movie that I want to see, I will not go see it on opening night because, you know, people. Actually, you know, the best time for you to probably <laughs> go see it, Matthew, is Tuesday afternoon. Or Tuesday. Yeah, That's Tuesday what I was morning. Thinking, or Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, man, like the morning the 1145 shows. show. I I love going to morning shows. I mean, uh, who cares? I mean, some people are like, well, I don't like going to the theater where there's only five people in the theater. I love it. I can stretch out. I can I pick a seat that. that I want. You don't have chitter chatter and people chomping on their popcorns the entire time. Yeah. I remember my seeing, theater has the little the flip up seats where you can actually flip up the arm and take more than one seat. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are great. Yeah. I think most I theaters take three are that, chairs. Way, that way now. Is your theater in wrestle are that they? way? Do you have the, the flip up arm? Uh, the theater in Russell has all kinds of different seats. <laughs> it's just like lawn chair, yeah, yeah. sofa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime swing. a restaurant closes, they go and they yeah. just like cannibalize all the seating Port for the dream swing. theater and just ching, stick it to the floor. Something out of the back of a 64 Volkswagen. Yep. Subway seat. Got springs. And- <laughs> the, the stadium seat. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. a great theater. One right. of those chairs from Austin Powers that's like a complete circle with just one side cut yeah. out it's like a sphere In, inflatable pool chair yes <laughs> yeah they've inflatable pool actually you can sit if you pool. can sit on it they've got it yeah russell I, movie theater in russell kansas i love the fact that marvel has people excited and all they said was random dates well Five, not, i mean they're three, not random 17. dates. i mean they're not random oh, know, dates if you look at them i mean they're like don't, middle don't middle of summer on there no, that's sure. the thing. That's what I'm saying. You know, uh, pretty much we're going to I'm going to bet that we're going to find out at least what three of those movies are this week at the San Diego Comic-Con. Probably. Uh, we're going to see that Doctor Strange date and release. We're going to see the next Captain America uh, tagged on there. We're going to see Avengers three tagged on there. And then we've got at least two new movies uh, that we're going to get in there as well. So and if Guardians of the Galaxy is as good as it's uh, as they say it is. There's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy sequel in there. So there's your five movies. Just Guardians. figure out which one you're going to do. Now, the thing about this is this isn't an official announcement from Marvel. This was actually uh, somebody you know following the trades to see who's booked movies on what dates because today studios are trying their hardest to um, book the dates ahead of other studios so that they can kind of lock in the date. That was kind of the big to-do with uh, Batman Superman when they picked their date and they said, oh, no, no, Captain America 3 is going to come out that same weekend. And uh, people are like, uh, this is going to be awkward because you're really going to dilute your audience or the potential to dilute your audience. So studios now are starting to program out three, four years out so that they can secure that date. So it should be it should be rather interesting. It's 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 interesting and it's fascinating to watch. It's kind of a side effect of that thing that I hate where, you know, if a movie doesn't really hit big in the first two days. It's already it's already a flop, and I it, that seems just ridiculous to me. It seems unthinkable, but 
it always seems to turn out true, too. And that's the thing that drives me nuts. Well, here's here's the good thing about the thinking of your logic by not attaching Guardians of the Galaxy 2 to any of these dates. If the movie doesn't do well in the first three weeks, they can just drop another uh, name in there and, and you would never know the difference. Yeah. You can do your cable solo movie or you can do, you know, cable solo, whatever you're going to, Han to do. Solo? Yes, cable solo. I want to see what was, uh, you what was do, that? Was it your rocket and Groot? Who was it? X Force? Was that the one that had the big guy and the cy- cypher or whatever? What was that team? Yeah, you're thinking of X Cypher was a new mutant. Yeah, okay, new mutants um, is what so I'm thinking. Str- of. And if you're thinking of strong guy, he yeah, was strong X Force. Yeah, okay, all right. But then they that was X Factor. Those those are all X teams, though. I bet you they're all rolled up with. Oh, X-Men I'm sure. Stuff. I'm sure all of the X Men and mutants. Yeah. That's what kind of going back to what we said earlier. But I think it'd be interesting to see some of the lesser known. We kind of got it. I mean. Granted, I didn't get, get to watch our Texas all Twister of the movie. Uh, Days of Future Past movie, but it was interesting to see um, uh, what's the guy with the M on his face? Uh, Bishop. Bishop yep. and Blink. Bishop. Yep. And who was the other one that was in there that was? Warpath. Warpath. Was Sunspot. It? Were they in the? Yep. In that movie? Blink. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All, of the, all of the, all of the uh, minority uh, X-Men stand it. outside while the white people talk inside oh, okay. and they fight. And just, just, the, just when you think... Is like, oh, well, at least Storm is in here with all the, like, actually doing something with all the white characters. Like, nope, she gets sent outside to lead all the minority mutants against oh, the yeah. Sentinels. Um, yeah, but I think it was neat to see those those little known characters yeah. in mm-hmm. the movies. Just like, didn't wasn't there Maggot was in uh, one of the previous I X-Men so. movies? What well, was, if he was, well, I didn't see it. Well, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. I didn't see the one that was set. The one that was right before Days of Future Past. What was it? First Class. Or yeah, the First Class. I didn't see that. First Class was actually pretty good. Wolverine. First Class was actually pretty good. I like that. The Wolverine. No, I I fell asleep in the but, last uh, ten fifteen minutes because I was watching it late at night. Uh, it was just, it was but just I didn't. A sword it was just fight. fighting. Yeah, it was just fighting because I woke up the part where they opened up the uh, Silver Samurai suit and mm-hmm. had their little. But I. In I did like the part. The fact that they really tied into that original Chris Claremont uh, series in Japan where they, you know, had the whole thing with, what's her name, Mariko Yashida. Mm-hmm. I love the way, I love the way Hugh Jackman speaks Japanese. It's it's frightening all at once. But, yeah, I actually enjoyed that one. I kind of want to see First Class, and I know it's on Epics this month, but. I don't know. I'm just afraid it's going to suck, and then I'll be, you know, it, it sad wasn't, about Jennifer it Lawrence. Wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It really wasn't terrible. I think you'll you'll get a kick out of it. Um, mm. So San Diego Comic Con is going on this week. We're going to have all of our coverage at MajorSpoilers.com. I would really appreciate it if you head over there every day and check out all the all the stuff that we've got going on. It'll be, it'll be hitting fast and furious, so to speak. I'm yeah. sure that the fast and furious will also be talked about it. Number seven as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, there may even be some some good rumors. In fact, why don't we just hit into the major spoilers poll of the week right now? Oh, a week, 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 week. So uh, Comic Con occupies all of our waking moments for the next five days, basically the next week. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it'll it'll just be starting tomorrow. I've got a I've got another right here sitting in my uh, email box. How many do I have? Thirty two new emails that have come in since three o'clock this afternoon. All about San Diego Comic-Con events, releases, upcoming things for people to watch out for. And, um, you know, with all the unannounced stuff and the embargoed stuff that we have, starting Thursday morning, it's just going to be chunk, chunk, chunk. Probably every five, ten minutes, there'll probably be something up on the site all the way until Sunday afternoon. So 
Uh, Wednesday night is preview night, which is because of the way they've ticketed the event these days. It's basically an extra day added on to Comic-Con. used to be just special people who paid an extra money, you know, like a two, three hundred people got to go into the convention floor the night before and buy a lot of the exclusive merchandise that they wouldn't normally be able to get during the convention mm-hmm. because of all the crowds. So it was kind of this little perky kind of thing. But now it's just even that's become sold out and overcrowded and things going left and right and some programming events taking place. But I guess the big question that I have is, will we see at the San Diego Comic-Con any big news that will break the Internet in half? Like, will we hear The Rock as Shazam or that Johnny Depp will be Doctor Strange? Are we going to hear that kind of stuff at the San Diego Comic-Con? Or is it going to be kind of, hey, we're announcing this thing, but we're not going to tell you anything about it? You know, granted, last year when they (laughs) said, hey, we're doing Batman Superman they didn't say anything about it. They just said, hey, here's the here's gives you a, a, a flavor of what we're going to be seeing in the next uh, Man of Steel movie. And then they quote from Dark Knight Returns and then they say, OK, thanks, everybody. See ya. And then they don't say anything for weeks afterwards. What do you think, Rodrigo? I think that we will almost certainly see something that breaks the Internet. People okay. are going to go crazy over it. Yeah. And it will not have anything directly to do with comics. Mm, so movies and TV. Yeah. You know, there's um. Obviously, for a number of years, a lot of people, including myself, have said that the San Diego Comic-Con has become very movie-based. And, of course, the movie studios have really understood that, hey, it's just down the road and it's a perfect place to pimp our wares and get people excited about this and get the publicity machine going. And it doesn't mean that we have to fly everybody to New York. The stars are, are close by. This year, though, it seems to be a lot more television events mm-hmm. than movie events. And so I think we're going to start seeing – Things start to swing back towards television for the next couple of years is a big focus. And then maybe six or seven years from now, we'll see a primary focus on more comic books before it starts to swing back again the other way. But who knows? It, it seems to be very media uh, intensive these last couple of days. And the other thing that I've noticed, too, is it kind of started last year, but I think we're going to see it again uh, even more so this year is a lot of events not actually taking place at the convention center and a lot of stuff taking place in and around the gaslight district or the gas lamp district on a boat. Some of it takes place on a boat, but I mean like geek and sundry has a whole bar that they have uh, booked out for the week to where you can just go play video games and board games and see them record some shows. And um, who does the uh, adult swim? They've got their whole theme park going on outside of the park. They've got a zombie thing going, or I'm sorry, Sin City is taking place over at the baseball park. Mm. Um, and that just, you know, things have spilled out beyond this. And I think that that is kind of neat because it means that you don't have to be a ticketed person to get into the San Diego con- uh, Convention Center to go and see a lot of these events. Uh, and you can have a lot of fun outside the convention center without spending any money. But I think it also is a is a good indicator that regardless of what the community of san diego has said that they're going to do with their convention center they can't contain comic-con it's gone too big for that for that convention center space so i think again even though they've made deals and said we're going to expand this by 2015 i think you're going to still see some people saying hey i think it's time to move somewhere else yeah so matthew what about you well i said yes but i said yes kind of with a caveat oh yeah is, is, that, is that that usually thing you yeah usually no, no, that's a cravat. Ah, okay. A, a caveat is what you get in your teeth when you eat too much sugar. Ugh, take um, and go get one that of is, food. yeah, exactly. Don't you remember that commercial with the caveat creeps? We make holes in teeth. Anyway, I say yes because internet breaking 
I think the bar has been lowered a little bit. <laughs> I would say that in many ways, uh, the the Lady Thor announcement kind of really broke the internet. Yeah. And I think that internet breaking right now, pe- people are feeding into it. People are building it up and they're going, okay, this is big news and we have to comment. We have to say something. We have to make sure that our our you know thing is known. If they say Johnny Depp is Doctor Strange, I think that mainstream media outlets will hit that. I think that if The Rock says, yes, I'm playing Shazam in a Captain Marvel movie, or a well, Shazam, a, a Shazam, Shazam movie. Yeah, the other way around. Yeah. He'd be playing Captain Marvel right. in a Shazam movie. No, he'll movie. actually be playing Shazam in a Shazam sure. movie because they've decided yep. to change the name. They changed that. his name. Yeah. And well, I'm not bitter. That... That I mean, that would be something that, yeah, I think the mainstream media is going to catch on to and latch on to. But I think that more importantly, it's kind of, for me, Comic-Con is kind of like the expectation that you have to hold on to your comics because they're going to be really valuable someday. That's not true anymore. That hasn't been true for probably 35 years with, you know, with very, very rare exceptions. People watch Comic-Con and they say, this is going to be important stuff. This is going to be, you know something that's really going to be internet breaking information. And I think that Comic-Con is like, yes, that is what we want. That is what we're breaking into. But that's also where people start to have their things where they have their boat or their counter cons or their, we're not going to go to Comic-Con because it's too big and too commercialized. So I think, yes, internet breaking news will come out of San Diego Comic-Con. But I think that some of the usual suspects, people who would normally go, oh my God, this is freakish, are going to go, it's Comic-Con news. We only know this. How are we going to, you know, you know yeah. what I mean? Does that yeah, make yeah. sense? Or no, no, no. I mean, uh, Variety is already jumping on me. Variety always covers uh, Comic-Con in depth. They've yep. got a whole um, subsite devoted to pop culture. They just came out just a couple of seconds ago with their 11 predictions from uh, most likely to least likely events to happen at this year's Comic-Con. I think they're trying to <laughs> top my uh, top 10 uh, predictions of Comic Con right. from a couple of weeks ago. Of course, you know my predictions. Half of them have already come true. So yeah, there you go. Right. So here's what Variety has. Well, they have the Avengers all on stage. That's something that I already predicted. That's kind of a no brainer. Uh, Jurassic World Universal will uh, bring in the uh, Jurassic World people and talk about that franchise. One I didn't think of, and of course it makes sense. Uh, the Warcraft movie uh, being talked about in a big way at Comic Con. Batman versus <laughs> Superman and The Rock. So they're jumping onto the Shazam Captain Marvel. Um, story as well. Fast 7, Terminator, Genesis is going to play a big part in the convention is what they're predicting, and they may know a little bit than we Genesis. do. Genesis. Um, Give me Genesis, guys. Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead. It looks like they're going to, they're expecting um, a lot of things to happen in Hall H there. Lots of Cumberbatch um, going to be there. Talking about Penguins of Madagascar, uh, The Hobbit, Battle of the Five Armies. We just saw a new or the first picture from uh, the Battle of the Five Armies hit the internet this week, and the Imitation Game are all coming. And isn't he, um, he's in a, and maybe it's what the Imitation Game is all about. I think he's in a new movie talking about the Turing engine, and he plays a Turing in the in a World War II movie about the Code Breakers, which is really interesting. Oh, nice. Uh, they have Doctor Strange down. I also had that down. And Fifty Shades of Grey trailer is dropping Thursday, and Focus Features has a panel on Saturday. There you go, Fifty Shades of Grey. And then finally, Ant-Man. Ant-Man needs some good press. And, um, I think that's, yeah, uh, I don't think Ant-Man is probably a least, a least uh, likely thing to occur at Comic-Con. I think it's one of the more likely wonder, things to occur during oh, the yeah. Marvel panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think I this is. I wonder if they're implying. Oh, go ahead. Mark. So go ahead. Please. I wonder if they're implying that because of the issues, you know, related to the oh, production. Right, right. 
that that Ant-Man might actually be delayed because isn't it supposed to come out like next spring? Yeah, like 2000. Or the release 2000, date. You I think figure, I think it's supposed to be next fall, but yeah. You figure there's some effect shots in an Ant-Man movie. They've probably you know, already shot you, some stuff. Boy, they'd about have to. Well, no, we ha- I actually Maybe haven't seen anything sh- about production beginning on that. And Disney usually sends out See, something production on the first day of production. Production beginning on, on Ant-Man? They were supposed to have yeah. started shooting in June. It's already July. And they haven't they and haven't started shooting. I haven't seen anything from Disney that says production has begun on the movie. I've seen, hey, we brought in a whole new writing team and they're rewriting stuff because the previous yeah. uh, right version of Ant-Man just wasn't working in our big vision. Then I would say we will almost certainly have an announcement about Ant-Man. Yeah. Either it'll be <laughs> we are writing the ship and moving forward and the date holds strong or more than likely, hey, kids. Who wants to spend 2017 looking at an Ant-Man movie? Um, my bet is that though, <laughs> if they're gonna if they're going to get the audience excited about the moving of the date, they're gonna come in with like a sizzle reel of here's some awesome stuff you're oh, gonna yeah. see, and they've already shot a bunch of like effects stuff, kind of like what Wright was showing at some of the conventions in years past uh, of what he was planning. I'm I'm going to bet that we're gonna see some stuff about Daredevil. Now this week they also talked about uh, oh, that, that yeah. the Daredevil series will be set in a 70s. Hell's Kitchen. Wow. So I am super excited about that. Yeah, that is Because that's going to make the uh, Iron Fist and Power Man uh, series even more awesome. Yes. Put Uh, him in the yellow shirt and the tiara, baby. And and the sweet Christmas is all around. Give him the Jimmy Walker fro and send him out. So Uh, I think think, uh, when Marvel has the announcement that uh, uh, they're going to have a lot of jewelry and plunging necklines in this in this show most people aren't going to be aware of the fact that they actually mean the dudes yeah the yeah, dudes yeah. are going to be wearing right. a lot of hey, jewelry and plunging here, necklines here's what i'm going to suggest but before 2015 buy all the stock you can in high karate yes because that's karate. gonna that's gonna make and a, a anybody who makes yellow silk shirts you better start drumming up production ladies and gentlemen because TRS. power mm-hmm. man is bringing they're bringing them back he is bringing them back i'm gonna get a yellow silk shirt open to the navel. And by get, I mean, I'm going to take it out of the closet and I'm going to wear it. (laughs) So I said, yes, there will be some news that breaks the internet in half, but here's my problem with every single panel at Comic-Con is that they are, they are too loud. Well, they're not that it's not that they're too loud, but they're, (laughs) they're basically PR stunts with no information. So Uh like, they're going to come out and say, okay, everybody, here's your new Avengers team. And they're going to show you the same picture that we've already got up on the website. And mm-hmm. they're going to say, here's who's in it. And then they're, then the first question is going to be, so how does this new Avengers team get formed? Oh, well, we can't tell you that. Oh, well, what are some of the villains that they're going to face? Oh, we can't tell you that. Yeah. It's, um, a, it's who's like going a, to be the writing team? Well, we can tell you one person who might be writing it. It's like a critical hit mailbag. No, not even that. Yeah, I mean, not even that because nobody's asking them how they deal with jerk players out there. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's shop. even. But even then, it's just like, okay, we've got a new uh, Avengers movie coming up, but we're not going to tell you anything about it. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, tease, 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 tease. And so, to me, it's almost a letdown when you say, "Here's information, <laughs> but we're not telling you anything more about it." it, it See, and that's and I guess it, it comes from me. It. Well, it's maybe that's they don't want to have it. It's that they still want they want to be able to hype it. For months to come. And I guess for me, that's a little backwards because of all the years in the covering the video industry and the film industry where you go to a convention and they're like, hey, starting in April, here are our five new 
products that were right. coming out. The, here's how they work. Here's what they do. Get the, your hands on them. Test them out. Play them out. And then in April, go and buy it. There's a there's a big difference there, though, yeah, in yeah. that what you are um, looking at in those industries is product, right. not content. Right. Right. That's the Although issue. Although their content is that's, product. Though. That's the well, that's sure, but that's the issue when you're dealing with content, when you're dealing mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. intellectual or basically with writing, when you're dealing right. with text, you can't reveal all the text. That's the whole point. Right. You have to keep it mysterious to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. So I can, I, I think that uh, Comic Con panels have gotten too big. Right. And to, and people are looking at them too much, and you are looking at these companies that are like, well, we have to leave something. We can't mm-hmm. tell them everything about well, it. And, but I think that there's Otherwise, a bit- we'll just sit here and spoil the movies. Like, all right, all right. And then Iron Man is all like, I can't believe I built an Ultron. And Captain America are like, Tony, I can't believe you built an Ultron. I'm so <laughs> mad at you. He's like, Steve, I gotta have to put my helmet back on and go fight this Ultron. And then President Obama comes on and talks to Tony Stark and says, uh, Tony Stark? You have uh, helped this country in the past by being an Iron Man, but now there's a dangerous Ultron out there, and you have to uh, put your helmet back on and go fight him. Thank you. And then in a weird twist of fate, there's a big critical hit moment in the upcoming Avengers Age of Ultron where Poke makes an appearance. (laughs) And Poke has to console the Hulk. I am not on the clock right now. (laughs) I'm just saying. It's okay, Hulk. Everything will be fine. That's pretty good. No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're going to talk about whatever movie. Let's say Doctor Strange. Okay. They're going to say, hey, everybody, we've got a Doctor Strange movie coming out. And we've got Johnny Depp. That's a great, yeah. And everybody's like, oh, Johnny Depp. He's I'm a just pirate. All over oh, myself. Yeah, I'll do it, Scissor Sparrow. And then they're going to say, okay, thanks everybody for coming. And it's like, okay, well, what's the movie about? You know, we know that in six months, you're going to tell us what the synopsis is anyway. What is the harm of saying, this is a tor- tale about uh, Doctor Strange and his first adventure as he goes from being well, they might, a They a might doctor. say that. But a lot of times they don't. That's the thing. And that's the thing that aggravates me the most is there's certainly a lot of hype put into this right. with very little payoff because a month from now, most people are going to forget what was said and done at Comic-Con. And certainly if, if things change, if plans change, it's very easy for Marvel to say, yeah, I know we talked about that six months ago. But, you know, yeah, six months ago. Um and so the hype engine doesn't get to continue much longer past that. You know, it goes for a month or two after Comic-Con, and then they have to find some other event that they can go and try to start that hype engine up again. Whereas if they just let people know about it and say, hey, this Star Wars Episode Seven movie where <laughs> – here's a rumor alert, rumor alert, uh, Luke's hand and lightsaber from Empire Strikes Back – has been floating in space for decades. Oh, and he gets lands, cloned. Lands on a desert planet where two new characters find it, recognize it as an old Jedi relic, and go in search of the owner. And they bump into Chewie and Han Solo who say, yeah, I remember this Luke Skywalker guy. Let's all go find him oh, together. Is that, is that the plot of, of Episode 7? That is seven? the rumored oh. plot for Episode 7. That is, that's amazing. No, it's not. It's actually stupid. That would be really amazing. <laughs> I like that, actually. We found this that's... guy's hand, and we're going to return it to right. him. Well, it's been mm-hmm. in space. There's no yeah, air, maybe. which means there's no bacteria, which means it wouldn't decompose. 
Yes, no, but maybe would, you've heard this would, thing no, called would, reentry. Yeah, uh, forget that. It it would have it would break apart because there's a lot of radiation out in space. Also, it would freeze and then crack apart mm-hmm. and then anything that it collided with it would be moving incredibly fast. Well, yeah. So yes, there would be a lot of issues. Dude, but 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 most importantly, off the scale. But most importantly, yes, this is Star Wars yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Han Solo and friends get out in an asteroid. I mean, they are inside a, a yeah, yeah, space yeah. monster, but right. still, there can't be that much atmosphere there, and they get out wearing, like, little masks. Little oxygen Like, that's little oxygen masks, yeah, right? Yeah. They're basically out in the cold vacuum yeah, yeah. of space. Their heads don't explode. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. No, if, that is, if that is the plot of the of the movie, I will be really disappointed. That is the best synopsis I've heard so far. Really? I'm disappointed that's if that's it. Oh, we found this guy's hand. We want to return it to him. All right, whatever. We totally found your hand. I'll still go see it. That's got to be an awkward conversation. Excuse me, Mr. Skywalker. We've totally found your hand. So how did the uh, rest well, of the major uh, what, spoilers what, nation vote in this week's poll of the week? How do you even answer that question? Well, right now, I'm looking at 56 votes in the poll of the week. A whopping 71% of those votes saying, yes, internet breaking news will come out of the San Diego Comic-Con. What do you think the, the 29% biggest, saying no. What do you think is going to be the biggest news? What What do you think would be the biggest thing to get people to just go, oh, my God. Ooh. Dude, I don't do this. You're the futurist. You're the Iron Man. Well, that's why I'm asking Rodrigo's you guys. Rodrigo's the Captain America. Ten, I've he's already made my sentinel. 10 predictions. Right? He's the Sentinel. He's the, the Iron Man. I'm the Thor. I'm the big dumb muscle. The, I show up. I hit things with my joke hammer. I have lovely hair. I don't know. Maybe well, the rock the, is Shazam. The yeah. thing rock is Shazam I didn't see, but I did predict in, in my top 10, I said that we would see the entire Justice League on stage, that they would wheel them all out and say, you already know <laughs> Superman. <laughs> you already know Batman. Here's Aquaman, Green Lantern. Here's Martian Manhunter. Here's uh, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, etc. So that's my biggest thing that, that I think people would just lose their crap over. Uh, okay, here's because where else are you gonna where else are you gonna see? You ready? You ready for this? Yes. Here is what I think is going to be the big internet the breaking internet announcement at Comic Con. Marvel seeing the success of nonsense TV show Teen Wolf is going to launch its own Netflix original um, werewolf show, Werewolf by Night. Oh. Yes, and you know who will be playing the werewolf by night? Who? Bradley Cooper. He's already a raccoon. Yeah, he's not the a raccoon. one. Not, not the one from Guardians of the Galaxy. The one who used to be on Nickelodeon. That oh. guy. What about you, Matthew? Do you no, have any the kid who that, played Gibby. that you think will be really big stories that will get people worked up? I mean, we've thrown, I've thrown out, and Variety has thrown out several, several big things. I think if they can get the Justice League characters, uh, actors, all up on stage. And I think Jason Momoa will be part of that. And it wouldn't surprise me oh, if oh. they have Shazam, uh, uh, The Rock, as Shazam, as part of the Justice League movie. Uh, I don't know. That would be interesting. We already I know think that Brandon Rouse is going to be the Adam in uh, the Flash television series. We know that Firestorm. TV show. Yeah, we know that uh, Firestorm is going to be in the Flash television series. Uh, I don't know. I'm still going to go with The Rock as Shazam because... The Rock is a huge deal. I mean, he's, what, the number two. Somebody released the thing. He's the number two highest paid actor in history right now. Really? Making $54 million a film. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. came out from, like, uh, 
uh, Forbes or something. Robert Downey Jr. is, of course, top of the heap at 75 mil. Right. But The Rock beat out Leonardo DiCaprio, beat out Bradley Cooper, beat out all these people. Even 52 mil. Beat Will Smith. Will Smith is like fourth or fifth. He's tied with uh, somebody else. And The Rock is like way up. If it weren't for Robert Downey Jr.'s Avengers payout, The Rock would be the number one guy by like $14 million. Well, good for you, The Rock. It goes Bradley. Now, yeah, he goes the rock at like 54 and Robert Downey Jr. at 70s. When we talk about breaking the Internet in half, though, we're we're talking about those people that are just like half the Internet is just like, this is the greatest news in the world. And then you've got the other half of the Internet going, oh, this is the dumbest thing in the world. All right. All right. So there, if you're talking about something that will break the Internet in half and people will be upset about here. OK, here's here's my new proposition. All right. They're gonna make. Okay. They're gonna announce Thor three, mm-hmm. starring uh, Katie Sackhoff. All, all of the regular cast except Tom Hiddleston is not gonna be in it because they're gonna have Lady Loki, and he's gonna turn into a girl, and they're gonna have a girl Loki for that one, and people will be like, "What? You yeah. can't have Thor without Tom Hiddleston." And some people will be like, "This is great because they're casting." Probably an incredibly attractive lady as yeah. Loki. I know right. that the Katie Sackhoff's name has been has come up a couple of times in internet talk and rumors related to a new Thor movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So whether she would be female Thor or not, uh, who knows? Maybe she could be the I think female Joss, Loki. Joss Whedon tweeted that as a half joke at one point too. Did he? I've already got the perfect actress. Yeah, I think that may have been oh, where it started. It's not, was. A, it's not a half joke if he's doing it. No, it's a half joke. It's a half. It's, it's a half truth. Joss, that's that's exactly what I said. It's half joking and half. This is what I would totally do given the chance. But yeah, I think that I don't know. I think that there are people who will be mad that The Rock plays Shazam. Really? I think that. Yeah, are, I think are, are the same be, arguments. That is, is it going to be a bunch of people saying, "Well, Fred McMurray would have been the best Shazam." I think it's going to be a bunch of people and, you know, forgive me for going there. I think it's going to be a bunch of people going Shazam isn't half black and half Samoan. And I think it, it's the same thing we saw with the Captain America announcement, the same thing we saw with the Thor announcement. I think those guys are going to show up and it will be a thing. But that's just me. All right, cool. We will find out. We've got, uh, like I said, five days of craziness ready to hit the major yep. spoilers website. We'll we'll come back next week and see kind of where we where we lined up on all of these things. Also, Fred McMurray's been dead for like 30 years. Well, I know, but there's still going to be some people saying, yeah, this would have been better if they would have done it 30 years ago with Fred McMurray. Marlon Brando was in a movie after he died. Um, What's his name? Uh, Orson uh, Welles was in a movie after he died. Yeah, lots of guys have been in movies. Well, in the case of of, uh, uh, Brando, it was they actually recreated his face and pieced together bits and pieces of words from the previous Superman yes. films and digitally recreated an actor and had him say things. That's a little bit different than my splicing son, in, splicing in Steve son, Martin, a contender. Yes. It's a lot different than splicing in uh, old footage. And this is the plan. day of my Krypton wedding. <laughs> why don't, why don't we get to some reviews? <laughs> This portion of the Major Spoilers podcast brought to you by Tweaked Audio. We want to thank Tweaked Audio for their support of the Major Spoilers podcast and everything that Major Spoilers does. 
Go check them out. They've got some really great earbuds, some things that make audio sound great. You just put them in your ear, you turn it up, and it's wonderful. They've also got some that have built-in microphones, which I like because you can use them with your your, uh, phone device, your mobile device. A lot of different styles, a lot of different colors. Designed for great sound, music, and talk. Engineered for durability. I know that mine have gone through the uh, washing machine more than once, and they still work great. Here's the best thing. When you head over to tweakedaudio.com and you use the checkout code MAJOR, you get 30% off the price. That is a bargain, a bargain for me, tweakedaudio.com. What do you got this week, Rodrigo? This week, I have Dragon Girl and Monkey King, The Art of Katsuya Terada hardcover uh, from Dark Horse. Oh, okay. So So what is this? Is this a, like a... It says an art of, right? Yeah, this is an art book. Okay. I've um, reviewed their art books before. Dark Horse has some great art books. Yeah. Um, now, the one a, an important thing about art books is kind of their construction, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to be able to comment about uh, here. Right, right, right. Because they sent us a, a digital Electronic, copy, yeah. Right. So all I can really comment on right now is the content. Um, and the content is great because Katsuya Terada is a really amazing artist his art is uh and and you'll you'll see this on my because i also put it in my um staff picks Mm -hmm. his art is beautiful and disconcerting like it's like give me an example um well let's see what think of something that you really like like say boobies yes and think of something that uh it would be disconcerting he's probably mixed those two together at some point so like a, not like Geiger though, right? No, 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 no. Um, he he basically he does really cool monsters, cool technology, very attractive ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, and but also makes like monster ladies who have like multiple limbs, but some of them are missing, and you see like the you know you oh, see yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, body parts that look like they've been amputated. You know, it's not mm, just like, mm-hmm. oh, here's like a section missing or something like that. It's like oh, you can see yeah, yeah, yeah. where the, the bone uh... ends, you know, stops growing and things like that. Um, incredibly detailed, very vibrant yeah, yeah, in yeah. color, strong contrast, things like that. Um, it's its own thing. This is the sort of thing, like, it's, it's difficult for me to sit here and describe his art. Um, this is really the sort of thing where you have to go online, mm-hmm. look him up, Mm-hmm. and then decide whether this is the sort of thing for you. It's definitely the sort of thing for me. I really like his art. Um, I'm he's also, the, uh, I think... This, the Vampire Hunter section? Uh, he did some of... There's some stuff in there, I think, that he did for Blood, uh, The Last Vampire. Yeah, the Last Vampire, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Um, uh, also, this wow. is this is not in the... I think he has two different things. One of them is Dragon Girl, and the other one is the Monkey King, mm-hmm. and I don't know what those are. Like, I'm not familiar with those. I'm familiar with his art, but I'm not familiar with a lot of his work. I know that he did some concept work for Nintendo in the past. I think he was one of the concept te- te- on the concept team for one of the Zelda games, mm-hmm. and I think he was in, like, Secret of Mana or something like that. Um... But, uh, yeah, his work is really excellent and really intense and kind of uncomfortable at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's just there's just a lot of really uh, complex feelings being handled in, in, in each piece. Um, again, if you like, you know, if you like uh, Japanese 
art, if you like Japanese pop art, um, you know, comic book art, this is a great uh, book to pick up, if you like art books, definitely. Um, because this isn't your... A lot of the stuff that we get from Japan, a lot of the stuff that's popular in the U.S. from Japan is, um, quote-unquote, that anime look, right? Mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. like, the right. girls with the giant eyes. And there are girls with large eyes here, but they're a little bit more under control than a lot of mm-hmm. places. Um, there's a great deal of detail. You can see skin, and you can see um, different tones and pores and, and things like that. So, yeah. Um, uh, this is this is kind of its own thing. I yeah, would... he's got some other things in here too. I mean, there there's some Hellboy stuff. There is some Lone Wolf and Cub in yeah, here. Yep. Uh, there is. I could have swore I saw some Ghost in the Shell and um, um, some other stuff in here. So it's just really kind of a an you know yeah, just a sample I mean, of all of his yeah, art. This is a big. This is a big delicious. Uh, Katsuya too. Terada sampler. Two hundred and four um, pages. Yeah. So. I would, uh, yeah. There's like a naked lady RoboCop in it. Yeah, it's that's the uh, the Sio. What's that I guy's name? That Crap, I forget. If if you if most of you are probably familiar with the Chrome Robot Woman, new uh-huh, Robot uh-huh. Woman, he's got a take on that, which is kind of uh, interesting. Um. So so yeah, so, yeah there's a lot of stuff yeah. here. Uh, definitely go online, look up his work. Don't do it at work. There's a lot of boobies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you think this is for you, then I would definitely recommend it. Like I said, um, if you listen to critical hit and you've seen some of the stuff that you see there, um, there is definitely, you can see a little bit of a Venn diagram there. You can probably see why there's things here that I would really like. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it comes to monsters and when it comes to technology applied to the human body, there's a lot of like really interesting concepts just visually here. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So I would I would strongly recommend it. I'm gonna give this uh four slices of meatloaf. Um I was again as I was flipping through it, I didn't expect this to be as much art as there was. It's uh uh did uh kajillion pages. Two hundred and four. Yeah, like two hundred and four pages. Um and it's all art. It has a foreword uh by uh Guillermo del Toro, which I didn't read. Nice. Because I'm bad at reading forwards. I always, like, I just, I was like, oh, it's got a foreword by Guillermo del Toro. And as soon as I, as I started flipping through the document, I just totally forgot about it and just started looking yeah, through yeah, the yeah. art. So I'm sure he has great things to say about uh, Katsuya Terada. But yeah, definitely go pick it up uh, if you want a new art book and you're into his art. That's out this week? That is out this week. All right. Also out this week, Afterlife with Archie number six. And I'm just going to tell you right now, holy crap wow so we know what happened we know what happened at the end of uh issue five we know what happened to riverdale but for months we've been wondering what the heck has happened with sabrina when her aunts banished her off to the nether realm well we find out and in the letters column roberto aguirre sacasa and francesco francovia both say hey you know what we're huge lovecraft fans we always have been and so to bring Lovecraft into a Sabrina and Archie tale um, was was great for us. We know that Sabrina oh, used the Necronomicon to bring Hot Dog back to life. And I'll just say this. H.P. Lovecraft makes an appearance in this story wow. as one of the bad guys, but not the big bad. And all I can say is that this is Lovecraft 
meets Sabrina the Teenage Witch in a Francesco Franca via orgasm of art. Oh, that's all crap. I can. That's I all I. That's all I can say about this book because otherwise I ruin the whole thing for you. And this is a page turner. A lot of Lovecraft's creations appear as characters in this in this tale. Um, it has a horrific ending that I don't know what they're going to do next. There is a very cool. Um, there's a very cool preview of Sabrina's scary stories or whatever that new series is that, uh, the Roberto, adventures of Sabrina. Yeah. The, the Roberto tale now, Francesco Francovia isn't doing that one, but it's very much taking a, uh, house of horror and eerie tales kind of approach to uh, tales from the crib. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Right, so cool. that series is going to be interesting, but my gosh, five out of five slices of meatloaf. You need, if you love the Afterlife with Archie series, and I know a lot of you did, and those of you who haven't read it, go get it now. But yeah. issue six is just like, okay, so she's being drugged, and there's some weird stuff going on, and then it just gets worse and worse and worse until she realizes at the end what's to become of her. Uh, the whole Afterlife with Archie thing and, and Sabrina, um, it's really interesting that Archie really resisted the trend in the 90s to mm-hmm. get dark and violent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just like waited, uh, you know, 20 years to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then the fact that they're just like, uh, what I like is that Archie over the last, I don't know, five years at least, yeah, has really said, you know what? We've been following the same model of telling our Riverdale tales from 1950. You know, the same characters, but let's just yeah. put different clothes on them for the different decades yeah. that they're in. Which is great. I picked up a thing from our, of Archie in the 90s and, like, his pants are, like, super baggy. Yeah, yeah. But he looks exactly the same yeah. otherwise. <laughs> they, have a, they have a series called, um, I think it's either Archie's Double Digest or Archie World Double Digest, one of mm-hmm. those two. And I was flipping through the preview copy that they sent us a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, oh, well, here's a typical 50 Archie tale. And then a few pages later, I'm like, well, now they're definitely wearing 70s clothes. Yeah. And, oh, here's the radical riding skateboards Archie. And yeah. then it bounces back and forth. And it's really cool to see. But what I like is that the company is saying, hey, you know what? We're going to embrace um, LGB characters, right? right? Um, I don't know if they've done the transgender characters or not. I don't think so. Not yet. Right. Um, they've taken on, hey, let's incorporate a lot of uh, different ethnicities into right. the world. And let's introduce, you know, just different kinds of stuff. And then they told these two creatives to say, you guys want to go tell a zombie tale set in the world of Archie? Go right ahead. And I don't think that they... I don't think Archie realized what a what a success this series was going to be. And this one with Sabrina is, like I said, it is like classic Lovecraft, but I can't tell you how it ends because you really need to get to that that final double page splash with the dot 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 and go crap. It's it's really crazy too because um they it's like it's what those Hollywood guys really want, right? Mm-hmm. It's like accidentally they hit on that perfect formula. Of a built-in audience, everybody knows yes. Archie right. and Jughead and his friends. Even if you don't know their names, mm-hmm. you recognize them visually. And the moment you see their names, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Reggie and Moose and right, right. all those guys, right? Um, and uh, so you have that already built in, and then you take it in this direction that people weren't expecting. It's like it is kind of perfect yeah. in that sense. Well, and what's great, because Francesco Francovia's art is very distinct. Yeah. It's very detailed. I mean, I've loved ever since I discovered him on his uh, Pulp Sunday's website, and this was eight years ago when I first discovered him um, and was following what he was doing with Black Beetle. The minute that they said, you know what, break with the Archie style and give us Francesco Francovia doing Francesco art, 
with zombies. Again, way to go, Archie. I applaud you on this. And um, uh, after life with Archie number six. Now, that is not um, life with Archie number 37, which is also out this week, which is the, the concluding chapter of the death of Archie series. Um, the two tales are just totally different. Both of them are what if tales. Right. Um, one of them yeah. takes a look at Archie in the future. The other one takes a look at Archie in a in a zombie apocalypse. But uh, certainly worth checking out. And if you haven't read some Archie stuff ever, and I know that there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, 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 I'm familiar with Archie and the Archies and the Sugar Sugar, and I remember the cartoon series. Mm-hmm. Um, take uh, a moment yeah. and just read some of the some of the original stuff that they're putting out today. Not the reprint stuff, but the original stuff, and it's it's really good. It really is good. So that's why I'm giving uh, again Afterlife with Archie number six. Five out of five slices of meatloaf. Nice. Now I want to know what's going on over at Dynamite Entertainment. I think it's Dynamite Entertainment. With uh, it is La- Dynamite Lady Zorro number one. Lady Zorro. This actually, I believe, was on the stands last week, possibly. About <laughs> in any case, uh, Alex DeCampi and artist Ray Villegas are giving us the adventures of Lady Zorro, which. There are a couple of things about Lady Zorro when I picked up this issue that I thought were interesting. First, so this is, there's first of already. All, let me ask you a question real quick. This is in yes. no way Lady Rawhide, right? Correct. Lady okay. Rawhide is a separate and distinct character. Secondly, if you remember about 15 years ago, a syndicated program called Queen of Swords. Yes. That, that came out while Zorro was a kind of a thing. The cover, Joseph Michael Linsner has drawn that character. I'm almost, I swear to you, it's the Queen of Swords character in her big red blouse and her corset. But I'm fine with that. I kind of loved Queen of Swords. I had a big crush on that actress when she was on Good Morning Miami a couple of years later. This issue is basically exactly what it says on the tin. This is a story of a young woman who's fighting for justice. She knows Zorro. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know who Zorro is and has been appearing in Zorro's book, apparently, or in Zorro Rides Again, which I'm not sure if that's a separate title. But this opens with Zorro in her house telling her about how he has something he has to do, but he needs her help. They need to find a MacGuffin called the Sacred Chumash Eagle Axe to keep from having to go to war with the natives. And interestingly... I only remember Zorro from the, you know, the 50s TV series and its 90s uh, revamp. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where Zorro, Zorro never trusted the Federales. Uh, they, would, they would, you know, hunt him down. Zorro brings to her one of the actual, uh, the actual military guys from the city and says, he's going to help you. And then Zorro up and disappears on, like, page six. And the rest of this story is her story. She infiltrates a, a high society ball. And ends up crossing swords, quite literally, with uh, a woman who I believe is some sort of Prussian queen or jerk. And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be kind of campy. It's really not. Mm. It's straightforward, kind of pulpy adventure. There's a point where she gets discovered. And the, the villain of the piece grabs her by the throat and prepares to beat her to death. And then says to his wife, go ahead and stab her through the heart. And then... This is, I mean, this is dead serious. It's an interesting story, actually. Um, the art is not exactly to my liking. It's a little sketchier than I like. Mm-hmm. There's something about the line that just feels a little scratchy, but it is good. I like the choreography of the fight scenes. I like the fighty fighty. And 
the moment where she realizes that she's done the thing. I'm not going to tell you what the thing is. The thing is important. And it's a big game changer for her. She kisses her her little uh, friend goodbye, rips a piece off her dress to make a mask and says, I must be someone else for a while. And thus is Lady Zorro born. Cool. Now, I, I, I do like it. Zorro means fox in, in Spanish. And I don't know if there's a, a Spanish word specifically that means vixen, lady fox, because I ah. love the name vixen. Ah, Thereupon there, there lies a tale. Because okay, there is. Uh, most animals um, can be, uh, if they are masculine, you can just throw in a um, an A and swap it out for the O, and that will be it. So if you have gato, you can say gata. If you have zorro, you can say zorra. But the issue there is that zorra, especially in Mexico, which is, I'm guessing, where this takes place in California, California, which at the time was Mexico. Um, Zorra has a bad connotation. It's something that you call a loose woman. Hmm. So you don't so want your character like to be called that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Except Vixen does kind of have, a, I would say, a slightly positive connotation. You can call mm-hmm. a character a Vixen, and you're not really... You're saying that she's, like, sexy and maybe a little bit loose. If you call somebody Sora, you're basically saying she's loose, yeah. and the sexy part is optional. Right. Okay. I can definitely see that. And honestly, I don't know that if they had called her Lazora, even not knowing the connotation, if I like that, the name Lady Zoro kind of feels like maybe, I don't know, a a deodorant, (laughs) but it tells you what you need to know. And it's, it's, it, it basically flat out says here is a female equivalent of Zoro. You know what Zoro is. You know, it is it is exactly what it says on the tin, which I'm really sort of fine with that. It, this is a perfectly good comic, a gorgeous cover, some nice interior stuff, very straightforward story. It's part one of four, and I'm sure if Lady Zorro catches on, it'll be a giant thing. I don't know if Lady Rawhide is still is still actually part of Dynamite Stable or not, because I seem to recall there being some confusion about who owned lady yeah, rawhide. It, one time it was tops but i thought that she, they did a lady mm-hmm. rawhide series they did three, a lady rawhide the last mini three years he, yeah within the last three years they did yeah. a lady rawhide mini but lady rawhide was created for tops mm-hmm. by don mcgregor in the 90s and i think there were some questions about whether mcgregor didn't have some sort of ownership thing so mm, okay a, again i may be talking out my face on that either way Lady Zorro is interesting. I want to see more, if only to see if she's in that gorgeous costume from the cover. So I'm going to go three slices of meatloaf. It it is a good story. If you're not into like the Zorro kind of swashbuckling pseudo cowboy stuff, it may not be your bag, but it's definitely good. And I do like the fact that the one big thing of a Zorro or Lone Ranger comic, can you draw a horse? Yeah. This guy can draw one heck of a horse. There's a beautiful scene where Zorro is on on Toronado and he does the the Zorro thing where Toronado is up on his back hooves and he's tipping his hat. And I'm like, oh, cool, Guy Williams. So, you know, they, they won me over right there, even mm-hmm. if they have him in a cape rather than the cloak thing that 
the other Zorro show says, or the other Zorro comic insists he has. He doesn't have a cape. He has a cloak. Cool. All right. Uh, thank cool. you for that, Matthew. And Rodrigo, thank you. And listeners, if you want to read more reviews, head over to Majorspoilers.com. We've got them all over there. Or check out our other podcast, Dueling Review, that Matthew and I do uh, either late Wednesday or late Thursday, depending on if we're recording Critical Hit or not, uh, where we go in-depth on a single comic this week. It's going to be Conan versus Gru. Uh, so that should be uh, very interesting. <laughs> Cheese a, dip! Mulch! Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, but uh, we do enjoy reading comics at Major Spoilers and sharing our, our thoughts with you. Last week we did uh, Manifest Destiny, and that kicked up uh, a big storm of stuff. Because um, oh, we were did. talking about, uh, you know, there's – I forget who the person was. Sorry, uh, listener. But uh, they had a great post over in the comment section where they're basically like, hey, I'm a historian. Right. Manifest Destiny has nothing to do with Lewis and Clark. Right. Did you read that, Rodrigo? I did. I did read and that. And what, what were your thoughts on that? I thought it was great. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and I mean the the post was just straight up. is like, okay, here's a history of things. It's right. like, uh, was it? Je- Jackson. Uh, well, he was talking Jefferson. about how Jefferson yeah. wasn't He's like he really didn't wasn't believe, like, yeah, didn't he, believe in. Yeah. He didn't want to thinking. expand. He's like, what are we going to do with all this land? He just kind of wanted to secure certain yes. territories. Yes, and and you know, I guess in in the way that this was presented was that Jefferson didn't think it thought it was going to take nine hundred years for us to expand into that new territory, and by that time we would have had you know basically the 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 natives and the and the new peoples would have integrated with one another and everything right. would be fine. Everybody but then you look at Jackson at the time when Manifest Destiny was a deal and he decided to take all the Indians from the south yep. and relocate them Trail of Tears into the new territory. And that was that was kind of cool. So does that change your view on the title of the book oh, and no, what's no, going no. on? Absolutely okay. not, because you, you have to look at it through the context of today. It mm-hmm. is being written by a modern writer. No, no, no. That, that doesn't – like all that – I felt all that post was saying was – if anything, it's just incorrect right, for right. the ti- for that title to be and there's for some, this. And there's comic. some other things too. I mean, um, but uh, yeah, but history's pretty much thrown out the window almost right. immediately. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's an alternate history right, thing. Sure, when sure. Monsters show up. Sure. Um, one of our longtime uh, friends uh, said, "You can't lump dressing me. You can't lump Jefferson and Lewis and Clark with Jackson and Manifest Destiny. They were separated by time, ideology. Jefferson hated Jackson and thought him an ignorant brute and religion." Jefferson and Lewis were deists, not Christians, and thus didn't accept the idea of an involved creator who made the universe and world for the benefit of mankind. They believed in a kind of cosmic watchmaker who set the universe in motion and then left it alone, wholly incompatible with the idea of manifest destiny, which, again, also, you know, we were saying, oh, well, you were talking about how um, it's this killing of religion. Uh, Mm -hmm, The mm -hmm. the plant part was the killing of the native religion in that. And that's also kind of weird, too, because if we we as reviewers are putting our own. Well, these guys had to have been Christian because that's what people were, and this is them killing religion. Then that also doesn't align um, with what really was going on. And I also heard another tale that was uh, that uh, Meriwether Lewis and uh, Jefferson may have had a thing going on with one another. Oh, yeah, because apparently when he came back from the expedition, he went to the White House for 14 days and then came out and I guess died after that or killed himself after that. I have to go back and look and see what the thing was. I was listening to another podcast. They were talking about that. So wow. Interesting, interesting times regardless of where that sits. I mean, this is how we interpret and each of us interpret uh, a book differently mm-hmm. and read it differently. Uh, Pier- uh, Pierce wrote in and said, um, I find myself more frequently reading for entertainment without really looking at things through any particular critical lens. I was curious if the panel had any pointers for critically approaching comics 
Maybe I just need to actively have the critical intention before picking up the book rather than hoping something pops up in my mind. Whenever I've tried this, I can't help but feel like I'm reading into things too much, like I'm tilting at windmills. I'm still pretty new to reading comics in this way, so any help would be appreciated. That's from Pierce. Um, I think mm. if you're going to go into something and look for messages, you have to go in with that mindset. And that's yes. – I think that if I'm going to compare this to anything, it's kind of like Zach on film. A lot of people are like um, have written in and said, I've never looked at movies the way you guys look at movies. It's because we're looking at things through this critical eye of aesthetics right. and meaning and these kinds of things. And so any media, I think that you can approach it that way. I mean, there's a couple of different ways that you can look at any kind of entertainment media. You can look at it from the pure entertain me aspect. And you can also look at it from the pure what you know, what's going on in the underlying meaning of this. And sometimes you have to watch a movie a couple of times before you get the deep meaning. Sometimes you have to really read a comic multiple times before you understand what the creators are trying to do. I mean, I've read Watchmen probably, I don't know, 30 times before I sat down and listened to a critical analysis of what was going on with Dave uh, Gibbons art mm -hmm. in the series to where I was finally like, holy crap, it is a symmetrical parallel forward and backward. And here's yeah. all this other stuff that he's putting in that has this other deeper meaning that, on the surface doesn't impact the tale that you're reading or the enjoyment. But once you discover what's going on underneath, then you mm -hmm. take a whole other layer off and you're looking at things you know, through the looking glass, so to speak. And so I think that's where it becomes a little bit more enjoyable or takes that enjoyment to the next level. I think it's definitely it's it's an acquired, let's say, skill, maybe curse. Um, but it's something that at first you have to go in and do on purpose. Mm hmm. And the way that you start doing it is um, you go in and you say – you start reading and you say, what does this mean? What does this represent? Basically, you just keep asking you those questions. Um, and also, you look at big famous comics and the critical analysis that people have already done of them. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have a lot of moments when you say, I don't agree with that. You're going to have a lot of moments when you, when you say, oh, my God, this is totally true. This is right. totally what they're doing. Right. Um, you know, we've had uh, Dr. Peter Coogan on the show before, mm -hmm. and he's had great points about just, like, comics that I wouldn't waste the time um, yeah. analyzing. But um, after you've been analyzing stuff for a while, things do jump out at you. I didn't sit down to read Manifest Destiny thinking, I'm going to tear this book apart, but the book was just already shredded for me. So I was like, okay... Um, there's a lot of tension here. There's a lot of tension with history. There's a lot of tension with racial issues. There's a lot of stuff already here. Um, so the book made it easy for me, given my own uh, kind of uh, disposition about things like that. And the fact that I've done critical analysis before helped me there. So um, basically the way to do it is start doing it and lose that fear. Because when you do critical analysis of something... Um, People that aren't looking at things critically, they will always get in your face and say, you are reading too much into this. You have to lose yes. that fear. You have to just say, no matter what, somebody's going to get in my face and say, you are reading too much into this. Um, you but have That to, could also be true in sometimes, too. I guess well, so, but that, that works against it. Um, I think that there is a possibility that... Sometimes people are thinking too hard about a given aspect of something. Sometimes people do get hung up on a detail. Sometimes people do get hung up on a read of something. Um, mm -hmm. 
and that can be problematic, but I don't, I, I think that you can sit down and critically analyze like an issue of 90s X Men, you know, like yeah. a, 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 an issue of, you know, 19, like, like early, like early just came back from the dead mullet Superman. And there's something to analyze there. There's something to find there. You can sit down and read into things and you have to be okay with the concept of somebody being like, well, you're reading too much into it. Like you just have to lose yeah. your fear of that. The, one of the interesting things too is sometimes it's worth, and that's why I was very appreciative of the people that jumped in and said, Hey, here's some, here's some real facts about history. Cause that's, that's sure. great. I don't have right. time to research everything myself. Sometimes it is good. If you're going to try to analyze and see what's going on, sometimes it really, um, is good to kind of research the people, the creators. Mm -hmm. uh, remember uh, last week when we were talking about Manifest Destiny, I had made the comment about, oh, it should have just been called Lewis and Art uh, Clark Monster Hunters. And then Zach went and did some research and found a quote where it's basically like, what if I just made Lewis and Clark Monster Hunters and then right. told my tale that way? Um, you yeah. ever wonder why Superman is bulletproof? No. Why not? I don't know. It's just part of his suite of powers. Okay. So... Um, Joel Siegel's father, mm. when Joel Siegel was nine years old, Jerry, Jerry, I'm sorry, Jerry Siegel, his father was shot to death. Mm. So at nine years old, losing your father in a very brutal way like this is very traumatizing. Mm -hmm. So if you have this thing that has been held with you for years, when you're creating this super fantastical character of Superman, you would want to in in this case make him bulletproof because you don't want him to suffer the same fate as your father mm -hmm. and that's what um uh what's his name uh, uh metzger brad brad metz meltzer uh, uncovered in this when he was doing research for his book book of lies of where do things come from mm -hmm. and came up with this fantastic uh theory story research based on here's what happened to siegel and schuster in their lives and here's how these critical events in their lives help shape them to create Superman as we know him when he appeared on the page. So sometimes going back and actually doing some historical research on the subject matter can also provide some critical analysis of why is he faster than a locomotive? Why is he, you know, why do bullets bounce off right. his, of his chest? Uh, so that's part of the crit critical analysis as well. I mean, again, Zach on film is very much like this. I mean, people this week were like, oh, you guys really just bash on John Wayne all the time. No, it's not that we hate John Wayne. It's just that Rio Bravo was, and I didn't know this until we did research, was a direct response to High Noon. And so it's like, okay, well, if we're going to analyze Rio Bravo, we have to look at it as a response to High Noon and look at it through that that lens. And when you're doing any type of critical analysis, it is a subjective process. It is you reading things into it. And I'll say, you know, um, I am a, a huge, huge fan of the works of Roger Ebert. Roger had a critical eye that I am just incredibly in awe of. I cannot fathom exactly how circuitous the man's brain is. He sees things that literally changed my entire mind on 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 dozens of different movies things that i would have never caught mm -hmm. things that once they're pointed out are incredibly obvious but here's the thing i don't always agree with roger's critical analysis there are times when i say no i i don't think that's exactly what's going on there and this is the way right, i right, feel right, about right, it right 
it's a, it's a subjective process. So mm-hmm. I don't believe that I have anywhere near the ability or, you know, the, the mental acuity that a Roger Ebert has. But I feel like if I have a different take on, say, Rio Bravo, Roger loved that movie, said it was a great, perfect movie, a perfect Western. I found it to be problematic on a number of levels. That doesn't make me wrong, but it does mean that I have to work a little harder. I have to provide a little more substance to my my objections so that I can say, I appreciate why Roger says this is a perfect movie or why, you know, someone would say I'm being hard on John Wayne. Mm-hmm. I like I like John Wayne, the character, the public figure. John Wayne's politics are occasionally offensive yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, John, and this, John Wayne's the, the and, same and thing John has Wayne's been, work up and down. Yeah, and so the same thing said whenever we when Matthew and I review dueling reviews. There's a, some commenter was like, "Okay, we get it. You guys hate everything." It's like, no, we don't hate everything. We're just saying what works and what doesn't work in a particular comic. I right. think if you're going to again going back to what what Rodrigo said about uh, if you're going to make a statement and you want to stick by it, stick by it. But don't be surprised if people say, I think you're crawling up your own butt. Well, definitely. And the other thing is, is that you have to, once you get into that analysis, then you are existing in this world where everybody's analysis is more or less equally valid. Right. Not everybody's arguments are going to be as strong or as well funded or as or founded or as well researched or sometimes funded, right, depending right, right. on whether you get paid to analyze yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so... Uh, once you have overcome the whole, here's, you know, it's like, oh, you're thinking too hard about this. Then the next obstacle is the person who goes, oh, no, 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 Manifest Destiny is actually about how, which one, Lewis or Clark was gay? Lewis? Uh, Mary Weather Lewis, yeah, this, yeah. This is about how Lewis That's was gay. That's what I heard now. Yeah, I this is, shh, no, it's totally about how, <laughs> no, listen, it's totally about how Lewis was gay, yeah, all right? Yeah. It's like, he has this thing for Clark, mm-hmm. and, but... Clark is a nerd and he can't express it. So there's all these complications and you can just go through the whole thing and see everything through the prism of, okay, Lewis is gay. Why is this stuff happening? Yeah. And you can, you can analyze the whole thing that way. Um, And then you and your friend can have an argument over Mm -hmm. it. And as long as you understand that both arguments are equally valid because you are both kind of making them up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, too. It's it's your theory, right? And it's just like any theory. This is the theory that I'm presenting. Yep. It's not right until it's proven. And that's why it's called a theory. Many theories are proven. Many aren't. And even theories that are not proven are not strong theories or not strong arguments I think we can still look at and appreciate to an extent. Now, some of them you might say, oh, that's pretty wacky in the wiki woo. That's well, way, 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 way out there. If you want to believe it, that's great. But and, and, and again, the likelihood of that being correct is the other thing is when you, when you get into critical analysis, that's when the death of the author type thing mm-hmm. is in full effect. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like somebody will say, like, well, this guy didn't intend to make this thing that was like very racially tense as like. Well, it doesn't matter. It's out of his hands. Yeah, now it's for us to analyze. You know, uh, when we did the Star Wars class, mm-hmm. uh, there was a whole there's a whole lecture on does Lucas even matter anymore? And it talked about the death of the author and how everything is so far removed from him. This is the unintended consequences. He didn't intend to make right. Star Wars racist, right? But with trying to make a marketable product, the times and everything else, it yep. turned into. There's one black guy in the whole galaxy. Oh, uh, well, again, that's, an, that's another example is like 
there's like two ladies in the entire galaxy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there were female pilots yeah, that, for were the, that, were, out. that were like edited out. And it's like, did they edit them out for time and just happen to edit out all the female pilots? Was it purposeful? But again, you end up with this final product right. where there are no girls. Right. Uh, we had a long, lengthy discussion on The Last West. And mm-hmm. we got a, an email from one of the creators, Evan Young. Uh, I just listened to your podcast discussion of The Last West. I wanted to give you all a huge thank you for choosing to give Lou and my comic such an in-depth look. I'm really blown away by how carefully you guys read it and dug into its characters and themes. I'm dying to tell you what happens in Volume 2, but I won't. Was it you that said that they were doing Aww. a Kickstarter on Volume 2? Uh, no, it was probably Zach. Oh, okay. So I think they're doing think a uh, uh, thing on Volume 2. Um Paul writes to us and says, would you guys consider doing an episode on the main podcast looking into what you just think of, let's see, oh, Image Comics, and what is what you think is their most uh, or their best recent output? I know that Chew is a particular well, favorite. It is, it is, because their, their stuff varies so much mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they're not just superhero related, they're independent comic creator Related, I mean, Invincible yeah. is still super strong for me. Other people would argue that Walking Dead is great. Um, yeah, Chew is wonderful. Uh, some other stuff that they do is great. Uh, Paul says he, he Sex finds Criminals is great. Six, yep, yep. Um, Paul says he finds uh, East of West to be quite compelling. There's a mix of Firefly and that heavy post-apocalyptic vibe that drew me in. Uh, very nice art too, clean and detailed. Some of the facial work reminds me how fr- how Frank Quietly's art would look, and I liked it. Um, so uh, you might want to check out East of West. I'm familiar with it. Do you have any favorites I, from the, Image Comics? I mean, Invincible stands out that I that I buy. Um, uh, Manhattan Project, Sex Criminals. Sex Criminals. Pretty Deadly is a very controversial book. My boss is like, I'm sorry. When I pick up that book, I'm like, no, I love this. This is mm-hmm. awesome stuff. I actually um, just, uh, just picked up the first volume trade of Pretty Deadly, and I'm really happy with it. Is it good? Yeah. Maybe that's what yeah. we should review on an upcoming yeah, episode. It's, I would I would say yes. I think it's one of those things that we'll have some very divergent opinions on. It's it's lyrical and poetic and weird and ethereal and people who hate it hate it. Hate it. They find it slow and stupid yeah. and I'm like, well, that's that's kind of the thing. I mean, well, uh just but, re- speaking of spiritual and musical and lyrical, The Wicked and the Divine, uh those first two issues yeah. were fantastic and that's from Image Comics. Yeah. Do you I like mean, those? Yeah. Uh, saga, people are raving about, yep. about Saga. I still have not read any of it. I, when I picked up uh, you, the first, were you here for the discussion? No, I was not. Oh, you were out. I okay, was out. all right. You need to read. Well, it. It's pretty I good. Know. I know it's pretty good. Uh, let's there see. was um, sex has some interesting moments to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read an issue or two of that. There was something else that came out from Image that I lost. Revival. Yeah, revival. That I the lost fu- track the of, fuse. but started really strong. The fuse you said you like. The fuse. Um, oh, I mean, I the like list goes on and on. There's I mean, also there's also like. You know, they have the uh, again, along stuff. with with uh, Kirkman stuff like Invisible, mm-hmm. Invincible, and uh, um, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. There's also like kind of in like old comics that uh, Image has acquired, like Elephant Man. Mm-hmm. So Elephant right. Man is still going, yeah, and has and will probably go into a turn. Like Elephant Man expands in both directions. Yeah, so yeah. by now, Elephant, Elephant Man, Man actually like started in the 30s, 60. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, the Ed Brubaker uh, stuff is really good too. Do they have the Ninja Turtles, yeah. or is that something? No, that's else? IDW publishing. Oh, okay. That's IDW. Yeah, but they have Velvet. I liked Velvet. That's, yeah, uh, I downloaded that. Big. That that you told me to read that, Matthew, and I've downloaded it. I believe I've read the first issue, 
um, mm-hmm. it was a couple of about a month or two ago when you told me to read it. But I downloaded the whole mm-hmm. first arc or run or whatever, and I'm going to start making my way through it. And if I remember correctly, yeah. the first issue was actually pretty good. So, um, yeah, yeah, I recommend that to Rodrigo too. It's it's like it takes that James Bond sort of thing, and then it it basically assumes that Money Penny should have been the hero all along. Yeah. I, I do recommend that. That was a good one. Uh, what is that one Skull Kickers? Yeah. We Zach, loves, Zach loves Skull Kickers. Yeah, and we've reviewed it before. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just, the thing is, the images, the image universe is, or what they have at image is so diverse. Right. That you can't just yeah. lump it into the Marvel superhero universe or the DC superhero universe. You know, DC is basically superheroes yeah. and vertigo. Right. And. You can't do that with Image because they have fantasy, they have superheroes, they have oh. sci-fi, they have, they have crime drama, thriller. And, trees. and to a large degree, that is why when we uh, do this show or when we do the staff picks, you will see me do a lot of Dark Horse and a lot mm-hmm. of Image comics because I'm generally kind of burnt out on superheroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, uh, if somebody is doing something brand new or you know somebody gives me a bunch of stuff on comicsology mm-hmm. i'll I'll dive back into superheroes or you know for for trade reviews and stuff, but uh out of my own like free will to just you know pick up a comic, I am very unlikely to pick up a superhero comic nowadays, so that is what like both actually image dark horse and to a lesser degree you know dynamite IDW and all those guys that's that's kind of what they what they do for me is have this alternative to superheroes. Mm-hmm. Huey writes in and says, I, I'm wondering if Justice League will be too late for the DCU to introduce Darkseid. He's talking about the movie universe. Casual movie audiences might think they are ripping off Thanos and Apocalypse. If they do use a cosmic warlord, maybe Mongol in the war world, I think the Battle Royale setting would set them apart. Thank you for your time, Huey. So is the... If- I would argue that Mongol is more Thanos- Thanos-like... Yeah. Than Dark Side. Well, and here's the thing: Mongol is Jim Starlin creating Thanos, who belonged to the other company at that time, who he created in the image of Dark Side. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Mongol is like Dark Side three times removed. That said, I'd rather see a Dark Side story than a Mongol story. It, I, I would say, it really depends how you play it. Um, there are like the two best things I think to happen to comic book movies, uh, and they're actually weirdly similar. I think was the portrayal of Bane and the portrayal of the Mandarin, like in in mm. recent history, mm-hmm. just because they were they had just had such weird voices. Right, right. You know, it's like the the Mandarin is like this kind of weird Southern preacher who calls himself the Mandarin and mm-hmm. surrounds itself with like this Asian iconography. And then Bane is like uh, Jimmy Stewart ate Cobra Commander. Yeah. And then... Hello, yeah. Bedford Falls. <laughs> so I think... It, it's yeah. like, so they can take Darkseid and as long as it's like, we haven't seen Thanos yet. We don't know what he's going to be like. But if he's like... I will destroy you, the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers, then you can take Darkseid and do him differently. You yeah. can do him as super powerful Hannibal Lecter, mm-hmm. or you can do him as anything. You know, you can really take that giant cosmic villain and give him a different voice and a different kind of outlook. Still made him make him a super scary warlord. Yeah. We know that Josh Brolin is doing Thanos in the upcoming movie. Oh, is he? And we know that uh, yeah. Spader, James Spader, is doing Ultron. Right. Um... To me, Darkseid is a more recognized character than Thanos 
And again, definitely only because of the Justice League cartoon series. And I know that a lot of people um, my age and Matthew's age probably don't watch Justice League. Right. Because it's like kitty stuff. Mm -hmm. But their kids and maybe their grandkids. No. So, I mean, pop culture fans, uh, comic book fans are a little bit different in our age. They would have they ate up. They ate up Justice League. But. Our peers uh, are people our age right. that are not pop culture who like people, sports, who like sports and all that stuff. They probably don't know it, but their kids know it. Mm-hmm. And if mom or dad spent some time, this. you know, if mom or dad spent any time with their kids watching the Teen Titans and the uh, the Justice League series when it was on Cartoon Network, are going to know who Darkseid is because Darkseid was a played a huge role, especially in yeah. the Superman animated series. Well, so, and, and, and here's the thing. They might, because wasn't Darkseid in Super Friends? I want to say he yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah. 1980 something. Yeah. No. This would have been 86, 87. So this was Challenge but, of the Super Friends. Yeah, the so last people, are gonna have a, some, people are going to have a frame of mm-hmm. reference for who this guy is. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me to hear non comic book fans go, oh, didn't he used to, when, they, when talking about Thanos in the upcoming Avengers movie, say, I thought he fought Superman. It right. wouldn't surprise me if more people would, get it confused that way. It, it will be funny, though, when they're like, okay, and the villain is Darkseid. And they'll be like, is that the guy who is like this big buff rock guy, right? Yeah. And it's like, they're going to be like, is that the guy who killed Superman in the death of Superman? And DC would be like, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, you know what? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's just go with yes. Yeah. I've, I've also heard some rumors that there's going to be Doomsday. Doomsday may be a big bad in, in this, which I don't know. I. Did we do all of Death of Superman on this show? I don't remember. I, I think that's we, another one that I was out for. I want to say we did. The, I want to say we did. Be- Death of Superman trade with like the seven issues. Yes. Collected. Because as you got into the fight, it got into bigger and bigger. That was a neat event, both from the critical analysis of how they sure. did the art and how do you kill an icon yeah. and how do you pump it up in the media if you if you believe max land is it broke comics that's yeah. that's how yeah, yeah. that's how big of an event yeah. it was um yeah go watch his video death and return of superman um so i don't i don't know what story would be a good justice league story i still think zombie starro uh stuff would be very fascinating yeah. and interesting and and it it's something that hasn't quite been done before right, right? we got pretty close with avengers with mm-hmm. a space invasion mm-hmm. but a quiet invasion yeah. you know a war of the a war of the world yeah no not a war of the world a war of the world more like, like an invasion, TV invasion of the body yeah yeah, yeah yeah like a pot people type yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thing would be different because it would be difficult then you see you know these super duper powerhouses like superman and wonder woman and whoever they have like they can't punch the bad guys to mm-hmm. death because they're people yeah yeah. So they have to like figure out yeah. another way to do I it, just, right? I know that they've done it. I know that they did the cartoon version of yep, that. I know that you know the the first appearance of the Justice League yep. did that. But there's something about well, it that but, just makes that story yeah. horrific. They, yeah, but also makes it a superhero story Absolutely. that would be totally different, and I think would totally fly. Well, and that's the thing is like that's that's why they should do it because it's vetted. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. because. Every iteration of the Justice League, even in like Batman Brave and the Bold, they've done it. Every iteration of the Justice League has had mm-hmm. that Starro invasion mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. They're going to end up with yep. Matt Damon as Guy Garner. Matt Damon. All Guy right. Guy Gardner. Anything else you guys want to bring up before we get out of here? Thank you, people who yeah. wrote in. Don't. Thank you to our Twitter followers. Thank you to everyone who supports us in all of those ways that they support us. And I want to especially thank all of our major spoilers of VIPs. 
Um, yes. You know, if you can just afford a couple of bucks a month, two bucks a month, that's not a whole lot. Two bucks a month, become one of our bronze members and get access to some of the bonus content. And of course, be able to feel secure knowing I'm going to give a, an update here in a couple of weeks of just how many people that we have on board. And we'd like to see more, but just becoming a bronze member uh, helps us out so, so much. And yeah. I want to thank everybody who who's done that. So, you know, the more people we have on board, the more we can do. I mean, you see the when we were at Nerdtacular um, a couple of weeks ago, a, the big talk was all about Patreon, right? People mm-hmm. were like, oh, you know, here's uh, here is uh, Brian Brushwood and Justin Robert Young and Veronica and Tom Merritt who have basically broken Patreon because of this. And even Scott Johnson um, broken Patreon showing that it works this way and they're making thousands upon thousands of dollars per episode because people are paying per episode in, in these instances. And what a success. And then, you know, some people were like, well, Stephen, haven't you kind of already been doing that with your VIP stuff? And it's like, yeah, we have been kind of doing something very much like that without going through Patreon. And um, if it means that we have to model ourselves more after Patreon, but still have our VIP section, then yeah, we'll do that. But I, you know, we run because of you, our listeners. And if we can get more of you on board, great. And if just a couple of bucks, even if you just like this show, that's what? 50 cents an episode, an hour and a half's worth of entertainment for 50 cents. That's like, that's like a really long Nickelodeon. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at, look at, look at a brand new album. If you go and buy, I don't know whose new album is out this week on the iTunes. Vampire Weekend. Zach's on vacation, but his music isn't. So what is Vampire Weekend? What's their new album going for? That's like 60 minutes worth uh, of music, and you're paying 20 bucks for it. 20 bucks for a full album. Mm-hmm. Here's an hour and a half worth of entertainment four times a week for That's 50 right. cents. And it's $2. new entertainment, too. New entertainment. Next week, we're going to come uh, back. We're going to talk about uh, everything that happened at San Diego Comic-Con. Oh. But uh, VIP members, thank you so much for your support. And uh, for everyone else who's about to become a VIP member, thank you to, as well. Uh, one other thing, if you want to get a major spoilers, a, a critical hit bookmark, we gave these away for free at the Sandy, or at the Nerdtacular, not at San Diego Comic-Con. We have a bunch left. And if you want one of these free bookmarks, all you need to do is send a self-addressed stamped envelope. It's called a SAZY to major spoilers, attention bookmark. <laughs> 1309 West 44th Street, Hayes, H-A-Y-S, Kansas, 67601. Put your SAZY in there. Send it to me. I'll get it. I'll stuff a bookmark in it. Put it right back out into the mail to you for free. Cost you the cost of two postage stamps. Uh, but uh, nice. we're gonna, we, while supplies last, I should say, because I've got a box of, I think, maybe it's 150, 200 left. So, um these we, things, they look great. They are fantastic. They are, they are really amazing, cool. Yeah. You've got Adriana Ferguson's art on one side. You've got the Critical Hit logo, um, Transmorgified on the other side. Good, good stuff. And we're going to give it away to you for free. Just send that Sazy while supplies last. Bridget v- stole mine immediately upon my return. VIP members, thank you for that. And that wraps it up for this issue. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you to all of our fans that support Major Spoilers, even if it's just using the Amazon link. Whoever you are, just listening to this, sharing it with a friend. Thank you. Like I said, next week we're going to be back talking about the San Diego Comic-Con and our reactions to the news that came out of that. Why? Because we know that you love comics. We do, too. We will talk with you soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you have questions or comments, feel free to send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. You can follow Major Spoilers on Twitter, at Major Spoilers, 
Like us on Facebook and share your thoughts about comic books and pop culture by using the comment section on any post at Majorspoilers.com. Bad the X-ray vision of a Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well, I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew He kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Star Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be In the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers is copyright 2014